Daily Huddle. We're back, baby. It's a Tuesday. Ready to get after it and get tenacious on this Tuesday. Good morning, gentlemen. You know, it's kind of interesting because we haven't really had any kind of rhythm. It's been, you know, kind of sporadic. You away, me away. This is the first, like, two days in a row that we've been doing it. We're, so we're back in a rhythm. That is, there's no doubt about it. We're back in a rhythm. Very good. I mean, yesterday was a phenomenal Monday. Uh, I love the dialogue in the morning, you know, and I I think about the, you know, the stuff that we talk about in the in the huddle, it, it stays with me during the day and just frames a lot of my thinking. So, you know, really. Hopefully it does the same for everybody else in the huddle. And that's why they continue to show up here every day. I don't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> I love it. Good morning, Sean Flood, coming to us from the other side of the pond. I am wow. very disappointed I missed you, Sean. It was right in the middle of a hellacious week. And uh, thank you to the weather and the planes. It was too late for me to, to make commitments. So uh, to be continued. I'm sure we'll see him back down here soon and we'll be able to all get together because even as my life is starting to settle in a little bit and, you know, the key to settling in is really creating routine, right? Creating process. And I don't know, maybe I took it too far. You but- yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's working. I think it's working really well because Jules is starting to fall into more of a sleep routine, but that's not by accident. For those of you who saw my post this morning, I shared the SOP that I wrote for not only us, but for our night nurse and for anybody else that is going to be handling Jules soon because that routine is helping him develop his ability to put himself to sleep which is giving us some reprieve, so it's nice. So I, I don't think that there's ever a time too early to start with process, but when you brought it up yesterday, I almost pissed on my pants. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote an SOP for his sleep habits. I'm like, So Whoa. let's go to Wake Up Music. We'll come back. We'll talk about where we were yesterday when I brought that up. We'll talk about the benefits of that, and I will talk some more. This Get up, get up, get up, get up, wake up, come on, come on, wake up, everybody, teach a new way, maybe then that is what you have to say. So before you jump in, I want to bring up this point. It's a reminder of a point I brought up while you were away. LinkedIn created a new feature. It's called the bell. You can ring somebody's bell. And when they post something, it is the first thing that jumps into your notifications, which for me is controlling the narrative. It's like picking and choosing your own playlist of Mm -hmm. stuff. And so you 
a David Aaron's, a Andy Smith, bang, 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 filling me with good stuff. You know, I hope I do that for others. So please remember to ring someone's bell because, you know, I love getting your content every single morning. You're like clockwork and you put out great stuff. And it's not about selling and it's not about any, it's just good storytelling, right? Like that, that, that to me is, you know, the, the two posts most recently that went berserk, like the one I put out on Saturday, which was talking about the work week and how I had worked from both the office and from home. And while I had got a ton done with work, I was able to in between like grab jewels and hold them for a minute or change a diaper or do something as he was hitting that three week mark. That went berserk, right? It's still getting likes. It's almost at a thousand likes. It's over 50,000 views. And I'm just talking about what's happening in my life right now. I'm not selling anybody my services. And I got a connection request. And, you know, I, I asked them why they asked me to connect, which, you know, when you get like 30 of them, it's like, oh, I got to send a message to every one of them. You know, it's like the process. But I asked and she was like, I, she's like, I felt the humanization of you in the platform, but every bridge is built with the future in mind. And I was like, bingo, you know? And so, you know, talking about what matters to you, you know, shout out to Kim Opdyke, who I work with, who created her walk talk. You know, that was the way that she could find her voice because that's where she thinks about things is on the walk with her dogs. And so I think finding the ability for you to be able to, share what's happening in your life and make it make sense for you allows people to connect with you and, and helps you. So two follow-up points to that. Uh, number one is I still see people going, this is not a place for something personal, but I'm going to give you something personal. Right. <laughs> and pay attention to what's going on around you. It is personal. It always is. But when you talk about a Kim and walking and what that does, that's a good send off for what we're going to talk about today. Yep. But it reminds me of when I visited, I'm going to be in San Francisco again uh, next week, be the first time in a really long time. But when I went there, I was fortunate enough to go with Zach and visit Facebook and Facebook was the coolest office I've ever been in. And they said, um, hey, you haven't seen anything yet. After we had toured the whole thing, I saw, you know, all of the, you know, Cheryl's office. I saw Mark's office. They said, come on, let's go to the roof. The roof is a replica of uh, Central Park. And they actually have a sign-up sheet where you sign up for walking meetings. And I was yeah. telling somebody the other day about it. And I go, you know, it was so, it was so cool because while you're walking and talking and the energy is flowing, which leads us right into what we're talking about. So that's what we did yesterday was, Shay, if you want to pop up the pictures we got the opportunity to join our friend, our partner, uh, uh, Andrew Koenig, which was fantastic, in his driveway, right? I mean, mid-afternoon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, in the piping hot sun. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he had his trainer show up there. And for an hour, we got to get after it in his driveway. Now, I don't know how much business got done during that workout right? oh, it's so funny because when we were at the retreat we were talking and we had a, a business thing that we were gonna we had set up time to speak on monday and we got to talking and he says he does his workout every day from one to two and that gives him energy to go through the afternoon 
I told him I'm an early morning dude. I said, but I would try it. And then we shared it with you. And I first suggested that we could do our meeting during the workout, <laughs> not knowing that his, his trainer is a sadomasochist. Yeah. <laughs> who just like, just crushed us. <laughs> yeah. There was no break. There was no break. There was no, not, it was, you were getting after it the entire time. But what it did do was allow you to get into an environment with somebody that even though I consider us friends, I think it took our relationship to another level because you're pushing yourselves together. You're, you're sweating and physically challenging yourself and mentally challenging yourself in something together. And that shared experience, right, is tribalism. That shared experience is what bonds are forged from. It's how teams are built. And so while we might have not talked business during that workout, it pushes the relationship that much further. You know, I love, you know, Joe Mullings had said this once when we were starting to get together and he said, it's like being in the foxhole together, you know, like those are the guys I want to be in the foxhole. Well, we showed each other, we could sweat, we could work, right. we could push you know, that it wasn't just daisies. It wasn't, this was. And it was competitive, right? There was oh, some competitive it, juices. Listen, listen, you know, I've been fighting a, a problem with my knee, which made it really hard. Cause this guy had me doing like weighted, uh, what do they call those? Uh, um, you know, when I was sitting on, the, sitting on the ball squats, weighted, yeah. you know, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes, you got to hit the ball. And I'm like, lower, lower. And then with the bar, he slips, you know, we were doing curls, he slips weights on, you know, but anyway, I just think it's a testament to, you know, to your point about building camaraderie. And then when it was over, we accomplished something, you know, we, we accomplished something together. He suggested, Hey, um, I'm up for this once a month, which I'm up for, you know, yes. so I think, I think we'll continue that. It's something to look forward to. That's 12 get togethers. You know, so when you're looking at things to do with people, it's not always breaking bread. It's not always happy hour. You know, this was a really cool way to spend time. And by the way, I was able to stay up for the whole heat game. No problem. I did have more energy. Got so, you that but. extra energy for the rest of the afternoon. So, I mean, that's one benefit to working out, obviously, is the burst of energy. But I think, you know, walking into a meeting after that with him where we got to talk business the creative juices were flowing. You know, we were we were in a good headspace to be creative, talk about what was possible. And so, like, as, as you're thinking of ways to either connect with new business partners or new prospects or build, you know, activities with you and your team, there's nothing better than a workout where you're able to break down some walls mentally. You're able to push yourselves physically and really build a bond together in trying to accomplish something as a group. You know, I, you know, we talk about the power of the mind, you know, if you don't take care of the body, you know, it affects the mind and you know, it, you feel it, you have fatigue, you have all that negative energy. Everybody knows, you know, that drinking is a downer, you know, so the day after sometimes you're thumped, man, you just can't, you know, the only way to do is to sweat it and get it out. So, you know, if you're going to create the right energy and the right mindset, exercise is a big way to do that. I know Jake pulled an article that was no surprise to me, but the seven ways 
exercising can make you a better entrepreneur. I think it makes you a better person, which makes you a better entrepreneur. A thousand percent. And like, you know, one of those tidbits that it says is it helps you build your network, like going to Roar Station for me, I've met tons of people there that maybe I'm not doing business with now. Maybe I'll never do business with, but maybe they're going to refer me to somebody. It grows your network in a way that's phenomenal. So Mary Beth is great. True. We don't have to do hair and makeup. It was, yeah. it was easy. Yeah. The quick change is definitely easier. So there's definitely some obstacles to overcome when having to get ready after, but it was like great. I don't, know that I, was outside and I'm done. I don't know that I would stick with a midday workout, but it's great to throw it in there and switch it up. We've got tons of stuff. If you guys want to learn more about why working out is good for you, but it's a part of our mindset module. It's, you know, going back to, to Deion Sanders, look good, feel good, play good, pay good, right? That, that look good and feel good comes from, Working out, it changes the way you feel about yourself, changes the way you look at your body and the way you look at yourself, which in, in, then obviously changes the way people perceive you. Bang. Thank you. I'm so glad you tied that in a bow. It changes the way people perceive you. The fact that we could do that with him is just a testament to how we operate. You know, we are operating at maximum efficiency. So, you know, there he couldn't ask every vendor to do that, nor probably would he, nor would we. It was fun to, to take the relationship in a different way. And I think for those that go to a gym or looking for something to do with somebody new to say, hey, do you work out? Do you run? I remember way back when I won a client where he said, I run on the beach every day. And I said, I'll come down to the beach one day and run with you. And, you know, that time together was like the most telling. It was just really cool. I was like, wow, man, you run on the beach every day. Yeah, drive down there. You know, Gary Sarner wound up coming with us after right. a while. Andy Cagnetta used to come. So you just don't know. I, I think Scott um, Oglesby gets it right. It's a lifestyle. It's part right. of and your work fits into your work, you know, your, uh, your lifestyle. So, uh, you know, I think there was a quote that, that Jake had said something about, it's an easy out. I don't know where I saw that, but anyway. It's an easy out. I didn't it's see that. It's not a workout. If you don't do it, it's an easy out. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Which, so that's another thing is the discipline of it. Right. And, and when you commit yourself to working out, and you start to build that routine into your life. It's another thing that you hold yourself accountable to that is built into that process. I talked about that when we were coming back, you know, last week of, you know, I'm not going to Roar Station right now. That doesn't mean I'm not working out in the morning. I figured right. out a way to run a couple miles, get push-ups in, do some band work in the backyard. That accountability to doing the work, no matter where the work is or how it gets done, whether it's one o'clock in the afternoon with a, with somebody that you're doing business with, whether it's five o'clock in the morning when you're getting it done by yourself, you just hold yourself accountable to doing that, which, and, and then unlocks, you know, all different kinds of barriers for you and other things. Cause you stop looking at things as obstacles. You just start looking at them as, you know, bumps in the road that you got to figure out a way to get over or around. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I, when I've had big obstacles hit me, and your adrenaline is flowing and your fear factor is high, there's no better way than to get in and sweat it. You know, it's like all exactly. of a sudden your, your clarity is different when you come out of there. So it is so just taking care of it. Our second segment of the show is going to be built around great questions to ask in interviews. 
obviously with the amount of turnover that's happening with the great resignation or the great, you know, I'm not even going into the workforce. How do you find good talent? How do you evaluate good talent? How do you get people to say yes to you? How do you make sure that you're asking the right questions? It's going to lead us to our morning motivational music, which comes from Chris Brown. And then we'll be back to talk about great questions. It's interesting when I do the show, we get Taylor Dane when he does the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we bring bring in the bring in the content, bring in the entertainment a little bit more into the new millennium. And uh, I mean, Chris Brown is insanely talented, great yes. voice, great dancing, uh, just awesome stuff. But that leads us to the next segment of the show: is questions every manager should ask a potential employee. Now, the list is fine. You know, I looked at it and it's all very, it's all very task oriented. Which Correct. I don't like. So what this list represents to me is uncovering how somebody deals with adversity. Yes. How somebody ste steps into something and creates process or does the process overwhelm them? People don't really get to this. They like stay like up here in this fantasy world and you don't really know unless you ask. So these are bow and arrow questions for me that do not replace like my favorite question is, what's, you know, your, what's favorite? your favorite ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did my podcast airs today with uh, Lisa Bowman, um, who, who wrote a book called Harassle. Yeah. You got to see that she was fantastic. It was a great interview. But I, I went through as an interview. I asked her a lot of questions. That question is very telling because if if somebody can't answer that with passion, none of this stuff matters to me. Sure. But then I think <laughs> these questions get you to the intangibles of how somebody works. And I think that's where getting away from resume, getting away from school, getting away from work experience and looking at where they've been and what titles they have, you really want to figure out whether or not somebody can do the job. you got to form the questions around what the job is. And I think when you're thinking about having somebody be innovative within your organization, I love, and I stole this a little bit from Joe Mullings and some things that I learned from him, but one of his questions, which I've adapted to some of my own language, is tell me about an achievement in your life that took you overcoming adversity and sustaining some grit and perseverance in order to get there. I love that because now I'm opening the door to you. I don't give a shit if it's about work. I don't give a shit if it's about, you know, training your dog. Tell me about something that mattered to you, an achievement that you feel was something important to you that you knew you worked your ass off for. 
And you're going to be able to, you should be able to tell me in depth about how you did that. That can give me great insight into who you are. So I love that. So some of these are like leading questions. And the first one talks about, you know, tell me something that involved collaboration. Do you work well with others? You know, in kindergarten, that was one of the things that, you know, you were supposed to learn is work and play well, share, you know, well, a lot of times in interviews, I can just feel the narcissist person across from me. I, me, look at me, the opera. Look, look at all that I, I created, I did. I can tell if somebody goes to collaboration where I lit my team on fire to produce this massive result. And I was the one who organized the collaboration or pushed it. So, you know, when I look in words of interview, I want to understand how you play, you know, and, and what you've done. So to your point, an achievement that caused you anxiety. I love that. One of these questions was, if you found extra time, what'd you do with it to become right. more efficient? Correct. What processes did you bring? Did you change? Oh, you know, by the I way, mean, I wrote about this in my book, right? But that, that whoa, whoa, stop the presses. You this, have a book. <laughs> this is a huge part of my story and how I got into coaching was I had came into the coaching world in this time where technology was merging with the industry for really the first time. And all of a sudden there, there was this ability to use the tools and software to decrease the amount of time spent to get the numbers, to get the statistics. You still had to do the work inputting the information, but you could then get the information at the snap of your fingers and you could sort it and watch it. And I was privileged or I was fortunate to be in at that time and see the opportunity of if we build some systems and some processes around this and make the work repeatable, I can really save time and do more. I was able to start grabbing more and more opportunity, which then allowed me to create value for myself in the organization, which got me a job. I was doing that work for free. I was earning my way into the organization by learning what was going on, identifying where gaps were, helping build systems and processes and bring ideas that I thought would help us be better. And when they did, said, okay, what else can I do? Who else can I build some value with? And then that's what led to me getting a full-time job and having a career in that profession. But it all stems back to these questions of how did you identify a problem and what did you do about it once you identified it? Right, right. I think, you know, that shows, you know, a lot about your ability to kind of create and manage change, which, listen, we're living in that world all of the resumes that I looked at said I was responsible for 150% growth. I'm like, right. then why'd you get fired? Man? <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like I, I ran next to the president every day. You know, I, was like, I think that's a really good point that you hit on is the accolades and, you know, the $60 million in revenue, or I did this, uh, you know, that's all results. Tell me about how you got there. Tell me about how, tell me about who, Tell me who you affected. Tell me the challenges that came along with that. If those are the way you're forming the questions, I promise you, you'll have a much better opportunity at finding the right people. I wasn't just looking at kids' highlight tapes being like, I know you're a great player, so I'm going to offer you a scholarship. Started asking you, who's more, who's the most important people to you in your life? 
What do you do away from the game of football? How do you handle yourself in school? What do you think about your academics? I started asking probing questions to figure out who the complete person was. So I'll leave you with this. You know, when we were at the retreat this weekend, um, we did an exercise called the SWAT. Yep. Which not a lot of people know what it is. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats as it pertains to the business. I love digging into that with people. I don't want to hear about your strengths. I want to hear about your weaknesses. Sure. And most successful people clearly identify what their weaknesses are and how they're going to work on them. You know, so, right. you know, so it's, Hey, you know, my weakness is I'm not patient. I'm this, I'm that, but here's what I've done over my career. I've read, I'm being coached. I have a mentor, I have somebody, some course I'm taking, but you know, how am I getting better at what I'm weak at is probably the number one thing of all. I love that. Excellent stuff. So have a fantastic Tuesday. Great huddle today. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, yes, sir. What you got? Congratulations, Heat. Go Panthers tonight. So, One uh, oh, so far, let's get another playoff win tonight for the Panthers. It is fun to be in South Florida right now. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this.